0: Up, straight talk faithful. Your host, George McCoy. i'm in the building. I'm here for episode 91, recapping my epic weekend in Kingston on Father's Day weekend for Chinlock Wrestling presents Chinlock 5 Legends and Wrestling event. What can I say but one word amazing? You could see the work that went into this event and all the blood, sweat, and tears that the head honcho Jan Murphy put into this event, organizing it, bringing in the legends, setting up the matches bringing in all the talent that he was able to bring in, and it was incredible. I had an interview with him a few weeks prior to the event, and after hearing how passionate it was and everything that he was doing, there was no way that I couldn't show my support. So I paid for the VIP pass, was able to meet all the legends that day, plus get a ticket uh, for the event later that night, and it was stellar. It was incredible. And uh, the matches in the event, we'll run through those a little bit later, and also at the end of this episode, I will be dropping my uh, interview via phone that I had with Tommy Dreamer. I was able to get some time with him thanks to my connection with Jam, which I cannot praise you enough for getting me that time. It was incredible to sit down and talk wrestling with Tommy Dreamer. And we talked about a lot of stuff. I'm not going to give anything away what we talked about in the interview. You gonna have to wait till the end of the episode to listen to it and hear what he had to talk about. But just being able to talk wrestling with Tommy Dreamer was a bucket list moment. Definitely checked off. First thing I want to do is run through all the ledges that were there. You Go back on my Facebook page or even Shinlock's Facebook page. See all the ledges that were in the building that night uh, to run it from the top. In no particular order, we had Brett the Hitman Hart. Incredible to meet one of my childhood heroes. I uh, was able to get some time with him. Hopefully, down the line, might be able to get an interview. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. I'm not making any promises, but I am working on that uh, vigorously. Uh, after that, we have Mark Henry, Jimmy Hart. Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard were supposed to be there. Um, uh, Tully was. Arn uh, unfortunately couldn't. Uh, I believe he had a back injury of some kind. I'm not really sure. But in his place, slid Lex Luger, which was incredible to meet Lex Luger. Um, and actually, funny story about that. Uh, I got Lex to sign my WCW uh, DVD, and as he was signing it, he was looking at the picture of the front of the um, Rise and Fall of WCW DVD that there was. Um, it was Goldberg holding up the WCW World Heavyweight Title. And he's like, you know, I held that title. I was like, yeah, you did. You held it for six days. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to give you another autograph. Nobody knows. Uh, a lot of people don't remember that I held the title. So me being a wrestling aficionado, I guess, if you will, I was able to score another autograph. So uh, that's a shout out to my boy, Joy Maxim, who was there with me that weekend. Uh, I kept rubbing it in that I got a bonus autograph from Lex uh, for that whole weekend. So Joe, that was for you. <laughs> and also we had Jimmy Corderas, who's a legendary WWE referee. He was there. Uh, badass really gun. Tommy Dreamer, of course, uh, Fred Ottman, if you don't know, a.k.a. Tugboat, slash Typhoon, slash Shockmaster. Uh, We all remember the great clip of him (laughs) falling through the wall. He actually had the Shockmaster mask there as well. You can take pictures uh, if you asked. Uh, Hornswoggle was there. And man, it was just incredible to sit and have a few moments with these legends, share some time, talk wrestling. Nothing short than just amazing. And uh, I had a lot of fun. My inner child came out all kinds that day. And uh, it was incredible to see all these guys. And let me tell you, Jimmy Hart still looks the same as he did today, as he did 30 years ago when he was walking Hulk Hogan down the uh, down the ramp at a WrestleMania. So it was just incredible to see these guys and have share a couple moments with each and every one of them. Also, uh, you know, talking back and forth with Fred Ottman about getting him on the show. So that might be another legend down the line. Hopefully, we can get that interview done very, very soon. But it was just incredible. Uh, the organization was flawless. The legends were so welcoming. They were just all really excited and Jack to be there, and uh, you could see that Jan put a lot of work and effort into this. And uh, by the turnout that day and at the event that night, a lot of money was raised for this great, great cause, and um, it was incredible. There was there was just nothing I could say but how flawless it was to see all these legends in one room and be able to meet them and take pictures with them and get them to sign. You know, remember Billy, if you had it, if not, they would sign a picture for you. And it was just incredible, man. They were just all so welcoming, blessed. I actually ran into Billy Gunn in my hotel room. He asked me where the uh, the restaurant was. I was a little bit starstruck at first, but that I was able to, you know, choke back my nervousness and say, yeah, it's in the front lobby. So that was pretty cool. Walked in the front lobby. Brett was there eating breakfast. And I, I was able to meet these guys later, but it was still pretty, pretty cool, man. It was pretty cool to see the guys staying in the same hotel as me. Kind of geeked out a little bit there, had a little moment uh, for sure as a Starstruck fan. But uh so let's let's run down the uh the events, uh the wrestling matches that night. So um there was two main events. Uh one was the uh for the uh House of Hardcore championship. It was supposed to be Sammy Callahan versus Willie Mack, but last minute Sammy Callahan, I guess, could not appear. I'm not sure what happened, but in his place, slid the bay the blade, Pepper Parks. He was incredible, man, incredible. Um, That match was just flawless. Flawless. One of the best wrestling matches I have ever seen. To see the agility of Willie Mack is nothing short than awe-inspiring. This dude, for a big guy, much like Kevin Owens, can move. And he can move fast. And Pepper Parks, he is no slouch. When he hits you, it hurts. And his entrance is also pretty damn badass. So, I can't say anything else about that match. But for me, personally, five stars across the board. Uh, One of the other main events was uh, Billy Gunn and Tommy Dreamer teaming up to go against the Pillars, Tyson, Dukes, and Tarek. Um, If you watch a lot of Smash Wrestling, you'd be able to see the Pillars all the time. Uh, This match was great. It had the right mix of comedy. It had some great wrestling uh, going on, stories that they told. Tommy and Billy kind of playing their old sticks, and the Pillars kind of being the the new era, new school, if you will, of wrestling, kind of trying to bring the legends down, but It was incredible. It was an incredible match. Uh, There's nothing I could say about those two matches, but just amazing. And to be able to see Tommy Dreamer and Billy Gunn that close, because I sat, I was able with my VIP, I was able to get a front row seat, be able to get that close was just incredible. And uh, I take nothing away from, they brought it, charity or not, they brought it that night. Everybody had a lot of fun, but that, that Pepper Parks and Willie Mack match, that was my match of the night. That was my favorite match as far as wrestling goes. Willie Mack was able to retain, uh, but, uh, wasn't with a lot of, a lot, a lot of fight out of Pepper Parks. It took a while to put him down, but man, oh man, what a great match it was. And then of course, there was the fatal four-way for the, uh, Chinlock Heavyweight Championship. Uh, uh, that was for, uh, we had the current champion, Jesse Mack. She went up against Madison Rain, uh, beautiful B, Bia, sorry, and, uh, 80 star, Addy star. I'm not trying to pronounce that. So, uh, my apologies. But man, oh man, that was a great match. All four ladies brought it that night. Jessie Mack, unfortunately, I met her. I was able to take a picture with her. I'm a big fan of hers. She was not able to retain, and uh, she didn't even get pinned. But you know how the rules are in the Fatal 4-Way. Beautiful Bea was able to squeak out the win, and she is now the current uh, Chinlock Heavyweight Champion. So I'm hoping that we're going to see a one-on-one very soon. I'm not sure if they announced it at follow yet, which is coming up in August. I won't be able to attend that event, but if you're in and around the Kingston-Napany area, check that one out. It should be good. I'm hoping to see Jesse Mack uh, get a rematch for her title, one-on-one against Beautiful Bia, and hopefully she may be able to get her title back. <clears throat> but if not, congratulations to the new current champion. And then, of course, we've got to talk about the uh, Sherlock Rumble. So it was 25-person 20, over-the-top Rumble. Uh, Battle Royal, if you will, to uh, confirm who is going to be the next number one contender to the Kale Murphy Memorial title. And um, thanks to uh, a step down, if you will, by Catalyst, Jan Murphy was able to uh, get the number one contendership for the title in honor of his brother because him and CJ Felony kind of have a little beef going. And CJ Felney now is the current title holder of that championship after going one on one with KL Shock to become the first uh, KL Murphy Memorial champion so now jan has a chance to uh snag it back from cj felony and bring the title where it should belong back home uh with the uh proper uh you know a member of the murphy family anyways or somebody that's going to represent the title fairly uh not taking anything away from cj felony but him and jan they got that beef and in on august 27th i believe they are going to go one on one in a falls count anywhere street fight for that title the match with cj felony and Kale Shock was great, it was epic. He kind of came out with his whole, you know, uh, felony posse, if you will. I'm not sure what they do. These guys come in orange jumpsuits. They all look like uh, inmates. He came out with them. And he actually, he fought twice that night. He fought uh, Bill Wilischka, uh in a, uh, you know, uh, a chance to become the number one contender for the, the Kale Murphy uh, uh, tournament. But um, he was able to pull a win out on that, not without interference from his outside friends. And then uh, that match with Kale Shock... Man, he took it to the limits on both of those matches, and it was great. We also had Race AG last that night versus Sebastian Suave. That was a great match. That was uh, just two, you know, fast, big, strong guys getting in there and tearing it up. It was, uh, you know, a classic wrestling match, very well orchestrated. And, um, of course, my kind of dark horse favorite match tonight night was Swaggle versus RJ City. Uh, We all know I sat down with RJ City a few weeks ago. He is absolutely hilarious. Just amazing to meet. His mic skills are untouchable. His promo skills are untouchable. And that match was one for the ages. Swaggle was able to pull a win out on that one. But man, oh man, was it entertaining. The whole night was just great. The whole weekend was fantastic. I, I can't take anything away from all the effort and work that was put in to make this event such a huge success. And... uh all I can say to Jan Murphy is, well done, sir. You worked your butt off. You, everyone at Youth Diversion, everyone at Chinlock Wrestling, you guys all came together. And you put on something epic. And I can't wait to see what you do for the next event following year and who you bring out. I know that, you know, you and I are are pretty close now. You know, but uh, just as a personal favor to me, I'm a diehard Sting fan. If you could bring him out to the next one. I know you posted that poll asking who we'd like to see at the next one. but You got to bring them out for me. Even if you don't, I'm still going to come anyways to support because it was such a fantastic event first time around that I cannot not support the next time around. So you've got a supporter and a friend in me. I'll always be there able to help you in any shape or form, um, you know, promote this great event. And um, thank you again for the time, being able to sit down with Tommy Dreamer. That was incredible. And there's really not much more else I could say for this episode. So I am just going to say thank you guys so much for listening, as always. Next week's episode, I will be doing my one-on-one sit-down with Tyson Dukes. Chased this guy around for a few months now. It will finally lock it down. Get him on the phone. So you guys are going to hear that one next week. But for now, drum roll is the time where I drop my one-on-one with Tommy Dreamer. I hope you guys enjoy this interview. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, George McKay. And uh, stay safe. Peace, love, and wrestling, and I will uh, catch you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the interview with Tommy Dreamer. Peace out, guys. Hey guys, what's going on? Your host George McKay. I'm here. I'm pre-recorded. I'm very excited to announce that I'm sitting down with, uh, as far as I'm concerned, a hardcore legend, an ECW original, a living legend, Mister Tommy Dreamer. How are you, sir?
1: I'm feeling all right. I just ate uh, 46 Oreos uh, in eight and a half minutes, all for charity to help promote this show. So I feel actually pretty,
0: pretty good right now. What were, the, uh, what were the flavors of Oreos? I did see the video online. There was the original. What were the other flavors you had? We had original, my
1: favorite, peanut butter, uh, crunch pie, uh, birthday cake, golden Oreos, and the original. Oh, oh a dark chocolate. Which I'm not a fan of the dark chocolate ones, but we ran out of the regular ones, so I had to give. I had to split it with the kids, and uh, but I traded one kid a row of a row of regular for a row of a uh, dark
0: chocolate. Oh, you took one for the team. That's good. That's that's nice of you to do that. And then I squashed an eight-year-old in an eating contest. I'm very proud. <laughs> All right. So, Tommy, I got one question I always start off every interview with is everyone in the wrestling world has that defining moment, that moment where they fell in love with this business. Do you remember your defining moment? Sure. Uh, kind of, have two. I was hooked the moment
1: I saw it. And it was uh, my father was a diehard Rangers fan, season ticket holder. And the game was snowed out. They're playing in Montreal. And instead, they showed WWWF from Madison Square Garden. It was Bulldog Bob Brower versus Bob Backlund. I remember going insane about seeing it. And I really, really liked it. And uh, then my dad took me for my 10th birthday to see it live. And I really, really liked it. then Bob Backlund stubbed me for an autograph. And then I started quickly falling out of love with it because bob was uh i really really liked bob and when he did that i was like i don't think i like you anymore and then uh, my father was a teacher and we went on spring break to florida and we had a condo in hollywood florida and we went to the hollywood sportatorium and i saw the american dream dusty Rhodes wrestle and i remember after seeing him wrestle it was him and Bugsy McGraw versus Ivan Koloff and Dick Murdoch. I remember just knowing and
0: telling my father in the
1: car, this is what I have to do for my life. And
0: there we go. And were your was your dad receptive to the idea, or did he have reservations being a parent, of course? Uh, well, I mean, this was, hell,
1: 1981. And I was a 10-year-old kid. And, I mean, think about it later. Eight years later, I was actually doing it. And, uh... He was always very, very supportive. He bought me wrestling magazines. I had a great parental upbringing. He's long gone. My mom's still alive. She still makes all my outfits. She made every outfit I ever had. And uh, so, you know, I've had a lot of support throughout. You need that any life, any part of life, you need a support system. But if you're trying to go professional in any sport, you need that even more so because for a lot of years, you're not going to make money. Um, you know, if you're playing hockey, football, baseball, it's all coming up through the system. If you want to be, my nieces in medical school right now and she's racking up the bills, but in the long run, hopefully it'll pay off
0: for her. Absolutely. I mean, you got to chase those dreams when you have them. So we all know your history. We know your, your amazing career that you've had. Just want to touch on recently all the the hot button issues that are happening right now in wrestling. One of them is AEW, and you were on the first AEW pay per view, and you were in the battle royal that was on the uh the free side of things before the pay per view started. What was what was that like? I mean, being in a, I mean, you've been in a, the smaller companies, you've been with the bigger companies, and now you're starting with a brand new company that's just getting its feet wet. How was that experience overall at the first AEW pay per view? It was
1: an awesome experience. I have a long history with Cody, the Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega. I thought it was a perfect show, and it was one hell of a springboard to start something, and it gave wrestling fans a little bit of everything. So uh, I was happy to be there, and it it gave me an old-school vibe of ECW that has money. And that was one thing we didn't have in ECW. Um, but it had a great vibe, and the fans. If you th- you know, you think about being a wrestling fan right now. Uh, I'm coming off of AEW. Then I had my own house of hardcore show in Nashville. Then we had uh, NXT. We had New Japan Super Juniors. We had another. I uh, had two really really solid impact tapings, then two House of Hardcore shows, then uh, Dominion, so like I said, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan, and then I'm going to end it with uh, House of
0: Hardcore up here in uh, Canada and Kingston for another great night. Talk to me about House of Hardcore, is that something that was kind of, uh, when it got when you got started with that, was that something that um, you saw that you could springboard and, and, and work with and combine with other companies, or was that something that... You just wanted to kind of keep locally to yourself.
1: Uh, well, I just wanted to do one show. I guess it was always a natural progression of Tommy Dreamer. Since I did it for ECW, ran all the shows in the back, and then you know I ran WWE's developmental system. I ran, I wrote ECW One Night Stand. I wrote Impact Wrestling's uh, Hardcore Justice. So I guess the natural progression for me, it was, you know, my money that I made wrestling. Uh, it worked out, and then I was like, oh, let me do another. And now we're at like
0: 56 or 57 shows, so it's uh, doing pretty good. That's amazing. And do you have any any plans to kind of take it full force to the masses, or are we still just going to keep it, you know, show to show? Uh, well,
1: I mean, we, I guess the hardest part when you're running a business is you know for a lot of men and women that i've used i i didn't i don't have the resources to lock them into a contract i use the young bucks on all my shows until ring of honor signed them uh wwe has taken almost every person that i've used impact has some but i mean my my slogan is no politics no bs just wrestling like you said i wish everyone could work together i know it can't well it can but people won't um Business-wise, I understand why some people don't want to work with other people uh, just for that exclusivity factor. Like, if you want to be a Young Bucks fan and a young and a Cody Rhodes fan and a Kenny Omega fan, sometimes you're going to be able to see them. So uh, I get that aspect. For me, uh, I'm going to keep on plugging away. I mean, I've taken this show to Australia two years in a row. Uh, to Canada, this is our fourth time in Canada, and we've toured uh, all over. We've done California, Texas, Nashville, Philadelphia, New York, New Jersey, um, so we just keep on plugging away. It's always right place, right time,
0: and uh, it's, it's, I love the, the growth and the experience of it all. So let's let's touch on Chinlock here for a second. It's a great cause. It's an absolutely wonderful event that Jan and everybody over at Chinlock's putting together. How did you uh, kind of come about working on this event with Jan? Was it just kind of a conversation uh, you guys had, or I met, no? I met Jan at an
1: independent wrestling show. He actually just picked me up, and we hit it off as as friends. And we were, you know, talking on the phone, texting, and then uh, I wrote a column for the wig up here in Kingston because I do like that creativity. That's when I was in WWE and then uh, we just became friends and then he had helped me with all media when I did house of hardcore up in the Toronto area. And then uh, he's, you know, he puts on his own events where it's all proceeds go to charity. And he said he wanted to do one really, really big show. And I said, well, cool. And that's where we're at. And the, the cool thing about it, you know, in, in life, you'll meet a lot of shady people. But he's not a shady. He's someone I trust with my kids and dog. So that would be something uh, my most valuable treasures. he's like a brother to me. And when you say I love my community and can celebrate professional wrestling and come together and raise money for any charity and this is a charity near and dear to his heart so it's a great thing
0: yeah it's an absolutely amazing event that he's putting on and I had the chance to uh, actually sit down with him for an interview a couple of weeks ago and it was uh, fantastic he has such a great mind for the business and just being able to sit down and talk with him and hear his opinions on everything and that's actually one interesting point I wanted to bring up to kind of circle back to AEW for a second in the Battle Royal. You had a moment kind of there or a, a move set with uh, Sonny Kiss, who uh, has gotten a lot of, uh, you know, publicity from the event, but also had publicity beforehand. And it was interesting because a couple weeks ago, a gentleman who I don't really much appreciate, Jim Cornette, had some strong comments to say based on a sexual orientation of the wrestler. What are your thoughts on that? Basically not so much on Jim Cornette's comments, but on the fact that, you know I don't care who you love or who you work as long as you get in the ring and you show me something and sunny kiss For those few minutes showed me a lot in that event. What are your thoughts on that? It doesn't really matter about the opinions of Jim Cornette, but your thoughts on sunny kiss in general
2: uh, I guess it's a side in a hole. Everybody is entitled to their opinion right or wrong um, Especially with social media. Everyone likes to jump on a cause Without knowing any real facts, and it's right away, right away, up until they get new information. And then let's just move on to a different thing. That thing I did with Sunny Kiss did get a lot of homophobic comments, and I look at it as man, it's 2019, nobody is different than me, as opposed to I'm no different than Vince McMahon or anybody. It's I don't care if Sonny is gay or straight. Sonny is cool with me and I always treat people how they treat me. And I said I took Rakish stink face in front of a sold out uh, Meadowlands in front of my family and they were like, oh that must have been so gross. And that was it, as opposed to, and I said, I guess the only difference is Sonny is okay with uh, Sonny's sexual orientation. So that's the only thing that made it different. I've also taken it from Francine. I've taken it from Kelly Kelly. So what's the difference? There is no difference. And it's also professional wrestling. You know, I did a movie where I was in, I portrayed, uh, it was a cameo and I portrayed a guy who was in a gay club and there was actual actors who didn't want to be portrayed to be in a gay club and I was like yo it's acting I'm not making out with anybody I'm not kissing anybody because guess what I'm not that good of an actor but um, it's in 2019 if you have a problem With uh, that, I think you should at least keep your comments to yourself because then you're going to be either deemed homophobic or racist, and that's not cool because people's careers end, and that stuff shouldn't be allowed in 2019 just because uh, it was actually Sammy Callahan, and he was like, how do you think it felt for Sonny to be uh, that way his entire life? And, you know, I also had a conversation with Sonny Kiss because it was me and Billy Gunn kind of orchestrating stuff in the back. And Sonny, I'm going, because well, I want to put over Sonny's butt as the new ass because Billy Gunn used to be Mr. Ass mm-hmm. and have a nice little back and forth with that. And Billy's going, well, what if she does this? And I'm going, well, what if he does this? And then later I pulled aside. and say, hey, Sonny, I've known you for a while. Um, I need you to educate me. I'm saying one thing. I know you as Sonny. And Sonny's like, I don't get offended by either. It's okay. And uh, thank you for asking. I was like, cool. But that was it. It, it, As simple as this conversation is. And it's funny. Anyone who had, uh, everybody who was in the wrestling industry, probably from the 80s, knew that Pat Patterson was gay. And nobody ever seemed to have a problem with it. So I don't know why people should have a problem with a wrestler who's out there and performing and somebody being who is who they are. And I will support somebody being who they are every single day of the week. That would be like somebody saying, George, the animal steal. How dare you portray an animal? You're not really an animal. It's ludicrous. It's it's, it's horrible and it's disgusting.
0: No, I, I completely agree with you on that. Uh, just a couple more questions, cause I know you're super tired, and you still got a couple... No, I'm uh, cool, and I'll even go back. I got met with more hate with the spot I did with
2: Orange Cassidy, where there were a lot of people like, this is so stupid, or other people like, this is the greatest thing in the world. Here's what I say to people when you talk about hate or if you don't like something. If you don't like something, cool, don't watch it. I say that all the time. Um, when I turned around and Orange Cassidy finally rolled into the ring I got it because 14,000 people reacted and as a wrestler you work for the reactions and like you know I know you said about Jim Cornette and I don't have any malice towards Jim Cornette but I remember the the Herndon Express and the Midnight Express a big feud with them was when it was Jim Cornette's birthday who part his seat in the 80s was he was a mama's boy. He was known as a sissy. Uh, he used to wear elaborate clothes. And back then, he would use, I guess, what would term hit day heat to try to get heat. And back in the early 80s, it was his birthday, and the Rock and Roll Express pushed his face in a cake. And it started this big feud. If you did that today, people are like, why would that be heat? Because the business progresses. And if you don't progress with the times, it was Terry Funk who said the times will pass you by. So, cool. If you're going to be stuck in those times, awesome.
0: That the business will pass you by. Very true. Very true. Wise words from a man, uh, another legend in Terry Funk. So, in this business, things move so quickly. And a lot of people, their stars rise. Some people, it takes a little bit longer. And if everybody that's out there right now that you haven't had the pleasure yet of getting in the ring with, is there any dream match that you would love to uh, to have a one-on-one type match or a stipulation match with? Anybody you'd like to throw down that you haven't had the ability to throw down with yet? Number
2: one would be Triple H. And I say that uh, for two reasons. I think Triple H was one of the best heels in the wrestling business of all time. And uh, I would have loved that. And we were also supposed to have three uh, pay-per-view matches that got pushed back because of politics. And I still think of uh, we're the same age. I think there could be a good money feud in Tommy Dreamer and Triple H because I know I would do a lot of crazy things working with him. Uh, I would have loved to wrestle Rick Rude and I would love to have had a feud with Rick Flair. Yeah. Great matches of current people and I've been blessed. I, mean, I just got the tag with the great Buddha. I also got to wrestle, and I wrestled John Morrison and Michael Elgin, and there's so much talented people out there just wrestled Moose. Um, I'm still living my dream almost 30 years in, and the fact that I do get to be a part of AEW and see, you know, I I see the magic in uh, me versus a Jimmy Havoc, where I get to see how great. Willie Mack is and Sammy Callahan get to wrestle Sammy or you know I got to be there live for, for Gold Dust Dustin Rhodes versus Cody where grown men and women were crying at the end of that match uh, I wrestled the Young Bucks with Billy Gunn one of my favorite matches the list goes on and on and, and potentially there's a lot of guys yes I would love to wrestle but and I wrestled so many um uh, I don't know. That's a hard question. But there are so many still that on a constant basis keep
0: on wrestling, and I I do. I love it. All right. And my my last question uh, uh, of the interview, and this is a question that I, I always am intrigued to hear the answers, especially from, you know, legends like yourself who are still going strong in this business today. If you had a young kid come to you on Saturday and say, you know, I want to get in this business and I want to do it, what would be the advice that you would give that kid?
2: Uh, I get it all the time. Number one, I say I quickly evaluate them because that's what my job was when I did that in WWE. I normally say, "Well, you got to get a gym." I ask them how old they are. Have realistic expectations. If you're super young, I say finish school and finish college because there's a chance that you may not make it. And but that's like in any sport. And uh, train hard. Find a good wrestling school and train hard and. You- you have to immerse your entire life into it. If not, it isn't worth it to you. It's not worth it to you and/or your body.
0: Fantastic. And actually, one other question: Since we're talking about progression, just kind of popped into my head. A lot of yeah. a lot of things have been happening nowadays in with intergender wrestling. I'm a big fan of it. I think I'm all about it because I have two daughters myself, and I think any woman can tangle with any man given the right opportunities. What's your thought on intergender wrestling?
2: I would kind of say I was uh, one of the kings of it because go back and look at something called ECW where when you talk about stuff like that, we, Tommy Dreamer and Beulah versus Shane Douglas and Francine was on the money. And then Jazz versus everybody, Steve Carino, C.W. Anderson, uh, we were on the forefront of intergender wrestling for a long, long time. And we always, even before the uh, the women's movement, every woman in E C. W was stood by their man and they had matches at Watch Bula versus Bill, Bill Alfonso, one of the best intergender matches of all time. And uh I'm a fan of it. Every-
0: Um, uh, Just my final question Sorry they keep popping in my head here My final question is Absolute final question With AEW kind of percolating And things kind of happening Wrestling has kind of become Pop culture again Do you see another possibility Of maybe a Monday Night War Situation kind of brewing again? Uh,
2: Just like in Real War There are no winners Um, I think WWE needs to strengthen their creative because NXT is so awesome, and Monday nights we, a lot of fans are not enjoying it because at times it gets confusing. Um, and it is hard to do so many hours of television. I, I don't think fans truly realize how hard it is to come up with unique television. It, it's, if you look at a series of television, whatever your tele- favorite television show is, it's The Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, uh, I don't know, Flash, Arrow, Friend, Seinfeld. It's usually 13 to 20 episodes a season. There is no off-season for wrestling. And it's so hard to come up with so much different content. You don't want to have a war because, like I said, nobody will win. Because the winner was WWE and then the business kind of tanked and then how to rebuild itself. And uh I think AEW needs to do what they they're doing. New Japan needs to be doing what they're doing. I need to be doing what I'm doing and I House of Hardcore. Impact needs to be doing what they're doing and stick to the course because then who wins the wrestling fan. Um and on the other side of it, and when and I'm not a hater of WWE at all. Um uh, your listeners opposed to you this past year WWE WWE received two billion dollars one billion for their programming another billion to bring their show to Saudi Arabia how do you tell an owner of anything that they're doing something wrong when they just got two billion dollars for something that they created
0: you can't you cannot
2: it can be better, but how do you tell that person, you know, you're doing something wrong? I'm a I'm a sports fan. It's sports business. Um, and I'm up here in Toronto for the longest time because I also know it from the Knicks. The Knicks are the worst team. They are a joke. But every single Knicks home game is sold out. So how are you going to tell an owner they're doing something wrong when they're a courtside seat? is something like $11,000 to go see a team that's the worst team in basketball. And it was the same up here in Toronto up until somebody finally realized it, and then they stopped going to games. So that's my biggest thing. If the ratings continue, if the ratings slide, then they need to go that way. But it's really – because I'm telling you, if House of Hardcore was making $2 billion last year – and everyone said it was the worst, I would tell you, yeah, well, go look at my bank account. Let's compare it. So that's, like I said, two sides to every story, so that's the hard part. If you want change, cool. I I support all wrestling. I try to wrestle everywhere, as well as I watch every wrestling that I can. Um, So continue to be a fan. We all have DVRs. Pass forward what you don't like. Don't be so super critical. And uh, just enjoy it, because there's a lot worse in the real world. 100%.
0: 100%. 100%. 100%. Well, Tommy, this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for the time. And I want to officially let you know you are a member. You are now officially a member of the Straight Talk family. Anytime you want to do it again, I would love to have you back on the show. You got it, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And I look forward to meeting you in person on Saturday. I cannot wait. All right. Take care, guys. Okay. Okay. Well, guys, that was Tommy Dreamer. Yes, Tommy Dreamer. I just had a one on one with him, picked his brain. All kinds of knowledge was absolutely fantastic. I cannot wait for the next episode that's coming. I've got so many great interviews lined up. You've already heard what I got going. I got so much coming. The working is never stopping. I'm hustling for you guys. As always, I'm your host. Thank you so much. Love wrestling. Take care, guys. Peace. For listening, tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh.